Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast 43, the UK's online digital TV and technology show. The show that's based on feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me as ever is our tech guru, Pete. In today's show, we'll go on a tour of some new GPS gadgets and tools to help you navigate through your busy life. Here's a look at what else we're covering in today's tantalising take on technology. Silly glasses at the ready. 3D TV is upon us. The mobile phone watch, as seen on TV. Full sat-nav finally comes to the iPhone. We explore the options. Geotagging Wi-Fi radars plus Virgin on your PC. Plus the results of our listener survey are in. Do you love us or hate us? First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. First off, it's time to get those 3D glasses on standby. In a few weeks, Channel 4 will be running a week of peak time 3D programming, including rare footage of the Queen's coronation in 1953, a 3D magic spectacular, Jaws 3D, and the greatest ever 3D moments. The Danish colour code system will be used for Channel 4's 3D shows and the blue and amber filtered glasses will be given away free at Sainsbury's in the run-up to the 3D week. 3D fans should also note that Sky is set to launch a dedicated 3D channel next year. Next, some tech news snippets. The PS3 Slim has been announced, Yahoo's Search is now powered by Microsoft's Bing and in rumour news we can expect some new iPods, possibly with cameras, from the 9th of September. Also, the iPhone-killing Palm 3 may be out at the end of October on O2. Now, some freeview news. Price Drop TV has returned on Channel 43. Also, Sky 3 will be showing some premium content between the 18th and the 20th of September to show their non-Sky customers what they're missing out on by not subscribing. Also, the Discovery Channel Quest is set for a launch at the end of September after failing to launch earlier this year. Next, the end of the line. It looks like the International Space Station, which is still under construction, is now scheduled to be deorbited, i.e. dropped in the Pacific, in 2016. Was it worth it, we ask? Also scheduled to be ditched, Big Brother. Yes, Channel 4 execs have confirmed that next year's Big Brother will be the last. Now some ebook news. Sony has announced two new e-readers. The first is smaller than the original Sony reader, ideal for commuters with a 5-inch screen. The second sports a touchscreen and allows handwritten notes to be added. The new readers will be out on the 10th of September and are available to pre-order now from Waterstones. And finally, in a recent survey, nearly one in six people said that if their remote control was broken, they'd continue to watch the same channel rather than getting up to find something more interesting to watch. That's 7.3 million who would rather sit and watch a shopping channel than get off the sofa. The research from Nuffield Health also showed that 59% of people would get the lift rather than climbing two flights of stairs, summing up with ready meals, remote controls and internet shopping are all contributing to a dangerously lazy and idle Britain. The good news is FrequencyCast is a low-fat podcast. However, it does contain nuts. Thanks, Pete. For more on any of these stories, go to www.frequencycast.co.uk. Frequencycast, now loading. Focus. Do you know what? I really think you're cutting edge. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Well, you know, you're always ahead of the game, aren't you, really? I do try. Unlike the Gadget Show, of course, which is a little behind. 
And when I say a little behind, I'm not talking about a but, although that's quite cute as well. Hello, Susie, if you're listening. Uh, did you notice that they've only just done the swap watch? And I've got one here. And it's the best. And uh, we did this when? Uh, we actually covered this back in November when we were at a trade show and we met the guys from Dial that distribute the swap watch. Anyway, uh, let's have a look at my swap watch whilst we're here. Swap, which stands for... Um, if I remember, smart watch and phone. And it is. It's very smart. And it's coming in a range of colours. Uh, and they're, apparently they're developing it a little bit more. But uh, So let me tell you what it is. It's a mobile phone in a watch. As they very quickly summarised on the Gadget Show, it's a full UK mobile phone. It works with all the UK networks apart from three. It's got a camera in it. It's got a video player in it, MP3 player in it. You love it, don't you? Touchscreen. Oh, yes, it's fantastic. It's got a calendar organiser. There's no stopping what this thing does. I mean, it's impressive when you just touch the screen to look at the time but when you actually touch the screen to go into the media player or you play back an mp3 through the rather loud loudspeaker uh, actually built in but you can use headphones obviously you don't have to be a show off all the time so if you happen to be interested in the swap watch as seen on the gadget show go to our website where we have a full review we have some audio clips of it and all sorts of other info and also if i remember a five percent off voucher five percent off can't be bad just before we move on i must tell you i was in the chinese restaurant the other day waiting for my takeaway to arrive and boy were there some envious faces as i was watching some videos <laughs> on my watch people were just sitting there going what's he doing then and i was like yeah well you see you guys you have to sit there and look at the wall or read the menu another eight times but me i can watch a video anyway uh what are we doing next so there you go let's stop talking about your wonderful watch okay focus time so what are we going to navigate our way around today funny you say that we are going to be talking about gps not your standard sat navs but some of the more interesting things you can do with a little bit of personal GPS kit. Personal. Personal. I thought you were doing impressions of Sean Connery. It's personal. Yes, Miss Moneypenny. Who was that supposed to be? Sounded more like an impression of Parker from Thunderbirds. Anyway, first thing I want to show you is this little watch I have on my wrist. Well, ooh, that's nice. It says battery life's 100%. It does. Let me just turn that off for you. So you're into your watches. You've got your, your look at it, your swap watch sitting there on your wrist, your mobile phone watch. There we go. Temps, lovely, lovely, lovely. I think I've got one better. I think this watch is actually going to beat your swap. Doubt it. Well, for a start, it goes kind of belches <laughs> in the electronic belch. So first of all, I have to confess that I'm wearing some rather unusual underwear today. Uh, oh no, oh no, no, please don't. Okay, I'm going to do a bit of Superman here, unbutton my shirt. I do hope you mean by that you're going to wear your pants on the outside of your trousers so I don't have to... Oh, good grief. What is that? Is that frequency cast pants? And show you, I'm wearing... A, a Garmin. Just below my, uh, my breastbone, I suppose that is, sternum. I'm wearing one of these... Ooh, well, look at that. Right, okay, so this is a... Uh, it, it, it's a strap. Oh, oh, it's like I'm being measured up for me moves. So that's how it works. These things strap underneath your shirt. And these two things here are heart rate monitor sensors. Well, that's what you call them. Exactly. <laughs> so if I look at this little watch here, this watch is a Garmin 405. I can switch this on. Let me just check this out. You actually touching the outside of the watch I face, am. you cheeky monkey! So what is it? What have we got there? We've got a display with what? Forty-four percent, eighty-three hours. Is that? And a little graph is coming out of the top. What's that doing then? So what we've actually got there? You've got to know a little bit about your fitness here, but there's a formula to work out your maximum heart rate, which is a certain number minus your age gives you a certain heart rate. And when you exercise, you exercise somewhere in that particular heart rate band. 
So I've been told between 60 and 80% of my maximum heart rate is where I should be exercising. And this watch and this um, weird little strap I have underneath me is monitoring this. And that graph is showing I'm in zone one, which is the lowest you can get. It's fairly flat. Yeah, it looks quite static, but with 78 beats per minute, you're hardly a dance track, are you? And what I'm going to do, jog on the spot, and I just want you to tell me if this thing actually does anything. Okay, and this is going to be exciting. Uh, oh, look at that. 45, 46, 47, and you're... Uh, so I'm jogging on the spot. I'm hoping yeah, yeah. I should be up into about 50%. Yep, you are. 56. You see the graph doing anything? Uh, yes, it's it's climbing. Quite right. Ra- ra- hold, hold on a minute. It says you're dead. <laughs> I tell you, I feel it. Yeah. Have I hit zone three? Uh, no, not yet. You're in zone two. Okay, we go a little bit faster. Oh, yeah. Is that doing anything? No, this is the most exercise I've seen you have in 100 years. <laughs> right, I've had enough of that. What was that? 68, 7, there you go, zone three, just. 130 beats per minute. Oh, I've shattered. Do you know what? You're better than me. I, I wouldn't be talking now. I get tired just getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Oh, I'm neatly out of breath. So this thing is constantly monitoring and recording what I do. And when I connect this to a PC, I can see a graph. I can see lots of games coming out with these things. <laughs> I tell you what, absolutely. The clever bit about this watch, though, is it also has a GPS receiver in. Oh, that's all right, then. So? So if you die of a heart attack somewhere, they'll be able to find you, yeah? So, great application. What I do, you see the the ring of this? Just just give us a very quick description. It's a, well, it's a nice black rubber strap. It's some sort of silicone rubber, I think. Uh, around the outside, it's got a nice big uh, round face. Two buttons on the right-hand side, like your conventional digital watch. Space Age is kind of superheroes. X-Men meets something. I like it. So it's a little bit iPod-y. If I put my finger on the uh, the bezel and spin it round, basically changes the modes and the settings of the watch. And clever things like a double tap will turn on the uh, rather bright backlight. Nice. So if I wanted to do my exercises, what I do is I have my GPS turned on, then I go into training. I must say for a watch, this is rather slick graphics. And what I do here is I hit options, and I've got the option to do all of these clever little things here. Virtual partner is quite cool. So what it would do is it will remember a trip I've done and then play that last trip back when I'm doing a new trip. So if I'm doing a, say, a five-mile bike ride, this will record my last five-mile bike ride and tell me whether I'm beating myself last time or not. Sounds like fun. Uh, Auto-pause is really, really good. So if you're biking and you stop at lights, this stops. It won't record while you're stopped. So it's only actually while you're exercising that it holds this information. Auto-lap, uh, auto-scroll and sport mode. It's got uh, three by default, running and biking and another, which is for sort of indoor cardio type stuff. And when you do a workout, you basically set your settings and you hit do workout. And basically this will tell you, so this one here is showing me how long I've been exercising for, distance I've travelled, number of calories I've burned. But the really clever bit, when you take it home, you have that plugged into your PC, which is a standard uh, dongle. Right. And it automatically picks up that you've done something energetic from your watch and transfers it onto the PC. And this is the software that you get. So you should recognise this route. This is a bike ride I did uh, two days ago. So that will be my starting point. And I've travelled along oh, that yeah. particular road there. I've gone down to the, to, to the seaside there. Coastal resort, eh? Indeed, absolutely. Do you often go to Brighton? So what we've got is the heart rate against my speed here. Wow, that looks dangerous. So you can see, uh, for instance, good indication here, I was actually cycling into the wind. So I had quite an easy journey there. My heart rate's relatively low. On the way back, my speed is generally slower, but my heart rate's higher because I'm basically pedalling into the wind. So there you go. That's the Garmin 405 
It's got a PC software. Also, it automatically uploads your exercises to a service called Garmin Connect, which gives you your map overlaid onto Google Maps, which is pretty good. Fantastic. The other handy little feature as well is you can use this for waypoints. So, a great example, uh, you're in a strange car park. You can use the GPS to say this is where you are, bookmark your current location, then wander off. And then you can use this to uh, show you the compass heading and distance away from that original waypoint. So in other words, what you're saying is when you go to Disney World and you lose your car in a parking lot, uh, what you can actually do is set it up so your watch will tell you where your car is when you come back. Is that right? I like it already. <laughs> Let's get three. Spot on. So what we'll do on the show notes, we'll stick a, a little sample of me exercising a couple of the screenshots and a watch shot on the website for anyone that's interested. Wow, sounds great. You've done quite a lot, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. That running on the spot's finished me off, though. Right, time for a McDonald's. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I just fancy a McChicken sandwich. But before we do that, let's work out how to navigate to McDonald's, shall we? Oh, yes. It's got to be done with technology, isn't it? Can't we just have a plain McDonald's, you know, original analogue hamburger or beef burger (laughs) or chicken burger? Okay, so we're talking about GPS. SatNav, top-known brand for SatNavs? Tom, 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 Tom. All right, Tom, Tom have just released their SatNav product for the iPhone, and we have it here. So it's a TomTom application. This is indeed a TomTom application. So I've got it loaded up on my iPhone. It's just starting up now. Now, a little bit earlier, we went out for a drive, didn't we, testing this. So this is our TomTom. What we're going to do, just for the sake of testing it, is do a little bit of a route. So this is nicely installed on our iPhone. We're going to hit Navigate To, and I've programmed in Home, Navigate to Home. And with a bit of luck, okay, this is going to say uh, 20-minute journey, 5.7 miles. At the end of the road, turn left. When we first tried this out, this actually defaulted with an American voice. Turn right, then turn left. Who had a rather interesting way of telling us how to deal with a roundabout. You remember that? Oh, yeah. After 200 yards, cross the rotary, second exit. The rotary? What's that, a washing line? <laughs> cross the rotary, second exit. Yes, American voice. Uh, evidently, they call roundabouts rotaries. And lifts elevators. So there you go, that's the TomTom app. It does a nice landscape portrait switch, which is pretty cool. Uh, it weighs in at 241 meg, which, given most of these apps are fairly small, it's quite a large download. Wow. It does have speed cameras, which is cool, and it supports address book integration, so you can type in uh, a contact name and it will let you navigate to it. Uh, Also, postcode entry. The one thing that did surprise me is it doesn't do traffic updates. And Obviously, the iPhone's got an internet connection, and TomTom have their live service, which gives you traffic information. So I'm surprised they haven't integrated that into there. But um, yes, this is not a bad little solution. I quite like it. It's got 3.5 stars on iTunes at the moment. It does weigh in at 60 quid, which is a lot. 60? 60. Okay, so it's a lot. So there's no hardware. 60 quid for a bit of software. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm. So that's the TomTom. However, there is a good competitor to it, which is the Copilot. Now, we again, we tried this one. Just start this one up. Welcome to Copilot Live. The layout is very similar to that of the TomTom, obviously, uh, with regards to the visual display when it comes to navigating to your location. Although it seems, I don't know, there's something about the the layout, it seems a bit cluttered. I mean, some of the, the labels of the roads are all over each other and overlapping, and as you approach each one, it gets clearer and you can see where you are, but I'm not entirely sure it's very helpful. Uh, interesting little icon for you, a red arrow in a circle. Take third exit at roundabout. As you're travelling, obviously the voice... Is as clear as, as the uh, TomTom. Let me just tell you a couple of other things about this app. Now, well, I quite like this, which actually gives you the next junction and the one after that, which is something that the TomTom doesn't do. Yeah, that's nice, but it does take up valuable space on the actual screen, on the display, obviously. So 
So what else we got? It does the landscape portrait shift, which is quite nice. Um, it's actually got some fairly useful things that I didn't see in the TomTom. So one of them is it's got this thing called Live Link, where you can find a friend. So if a friend's got a similar one, you can actually work out where they are and link up together, which is quite nifty. We've also got routing, which is rather nice, which lets you set the routing type. So you've got a car, a motorbike, walking or bicycle which, again, oh. is something the TomTom doesn't have. Yeah, that's quite handy. At the moment, it doesn't have speed cameras in, where the TomTom does. However, that apparently is coming soon. Um, you can also alter the turn warning, so you can say, I want it to warn me in 2 miles, 1 mile, 50 yards, and then X number of seconds before a turn. Yeah, that's probably quite a clever thing, because if you've got a navigator next to you, they start to actually identify with what sort of pace you want your directions at and when to tell you. it. Yeah, I think that's quite a nice feature, actually. Uh, so this gets 3.5 stars on iTunes as well. It does support postcodes. It also does contacts lookup. You have this lovely lane indicator. I'll show you the picture of that. So it's well, that's nice. It looks like an, a, a sort of some game, doesn't it? So you can actually see the junction you're turning off the motorway and the, what the signs would look like, which is something that the TomTom Go range does, but the TomTom on an iPhone doesn't. Speed cameras are coming soon. Improvements to the walking uh, route planner are coming soon. Weighs in at 215 meg. Price... 26 quid, which is compared to 60 for the TomTom. It's over half as cheap. That's good. Less than half price. So if you had some money to spend, which would you buy? Well, when travelling in a a new environment, which is when I'd use one of these, I've got to say, I think, uh, not by much, but I think the TomTom wins. I must admit, the TomTom's a nicer interface. The TomTom also has one slight advantage, which is if you task out of the navigation app, to say take a phone call and task back, it remembers where you were. Whereas Copilot, you've kind of got to program your route back in again, which is a little bit of a pain. Well, that is a pain, especially as it's on the phone. I must admit, though, I don't think I'd use this sort of device in the car as my only source. I mean, a TomTom navigator, to me, needs to be its sole function. I don't mind the fact it's got MP3 players and things like that, but they've got that clever feature where it turns off the music, doesn't it, when it's giving you directions, whereas this system doesn't. And I'd only use a, a navigation package like this on a phone for walking, maybe cycling. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. where are you going to put it on? bike yeah fair point fair point but i have to say um for 26 quid to make your iphone a fully featured sat nav with voice directions is actually pretty good value oh yeah it's like a, a pen knife you, you don't actually have it instead of a toolbox you just have it as a, a piece of equipment in an emergency almost or mm. you know there is one third one to mention mobile navigator from navigon this one's 53 pounds so it's cheaper than tom tom more expensive than copilot that also gets a three and a half star rating at the moment on itunes it has the reality view of motorways no postcode search no speed cameras. No, not helpful. 233 meg. Not our favourite of the three, if I'm being honest. I have to say, I, I like the clarity of the TomTom, but I also think it's well overpriced compared with the Copilot, which does exactly the same job. Yep, I think I'll agree with you. I think for the phone, I'd go with Copilot. There's no point having a TomTom on your phone. Just go out and buy a TomTom. Two other mapping programmes I want to mention. There's this thing here called Wi-Fi Faux Fum, which I've had a lot of fun with. Wi-Fi Faux Fum, that's, that's like fun. <laughs> so look at this on my screen now. You can see something. What does that look like to you? Uh, well, it looks like a submarine um, radar Absolutely. So what we're actually looking at is all the Wi-Fi hotspots around us. So that's our hub there, white. And around here you've got uh, BT Home Hub, Talk Talk Sky, Print Server. That's a map of all of the local Wi-Fi spots in our area. Nice. And you can see that one there isn't filled in, which actually means that's an open and available wireless network, which is quite cool. Oh, handy. Just one more iPhone application I want to mention while we're talking about maps. This one is called Weather Maps from a chap called Daniel Tull. Uh, what, give us a quick description of that. Well, it looks like the weather map from the uh, the news. It's like, you're, you're going to stand up and point to it like, like they do, you know. Should <laughs> so I call I'm, you Michael Fish? So I'm 
flipping through here, just using my thumb to navigate left and right. So I'm looking at the weather for Friday at midday, Saturday at midnight. It's like the proper weather satellite image. Uh, shows you the cloud formations moving in and out with lighter and dark. Seeing England in its full glory underneath. There you go. How much do you reckon for that then? Oh, I don't know. Two, five or seven quid. Mm, how about free? Free? Free. Well, I'd pay a fiver for that. <laughs> a couple of final things I want to mention while we're talking about GPS. You can obviously now get cameras with built-in GPS, which means if you take a photo, it'll take a stamp of where you were. And actually, back in show 29, we talked about this little device. Do you remember oh, that? I remember that. I gotcha. Yeah, so this is the I got you. It's basically a very small GPS receiver. When you take a photo with your camera, you just click the button, and that will log where you were when you took that particular photo. Then you can marry up your photos and your GPS location and overlay it on something like Google Maps. This is slightly smaller than the one we reviewed in show 29. You can view your journey on Google Maps or Google Earth, uh, and you can also get it to automatically record where you are every 5, 10, 15, 20 or 60 seconds, which is quite nice. That's as clever as it was the first time I saw it. Then there's this other one. Ooh, that looks quite swished, doesn't it? That's the same as your watch face. This device holds in your hand, and basically it's got a compass display. All it is is a very, very small GPS receiver, and it's simply so you can find your location. So this will store five predefined locations, and if you want to go to one of those five, you just use this device, click on it, and it will point, give you uh, how far away you are in uh, in miles or kilometres and a direction you should walk. So it's quite handy for walkers that go wandering off to be able to find their way back. Uh, you can also enter destinations manually, so you can type in the uh, longitude and latitude, and that is uh, 50 quid. Well, I won't need to find a treasure chest to buy that one then. Oh, and uh, just thank you to Steve, our producer, who's just waved a piece of paper in front of me, reminding me that the co-pilot that we talked about earlier is also available for Windows Mobile, and they've just brought out a version for the Android. So uh, 22 quid will get you an Android version of Copilot, which is for the HTC Magic Dream Hero and G1. There you go. I know where I am now. Don't feel quite so lost. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Time now for your emails, texts and calls in our interaction section. First off, a message from Carl Goulborn. If when the switchover happens, will the signal strength improve? My signal is poor. I'm trying to stop pixelation on my screen. Yes, in places that haven't switched yet, Freeview transmitters are not all on full power, and many smaller sites are still analogue only. After a region has switched, the signal for many will certainly improve. As for pixelation, a booster won't always help, but there are a number of other things you can try. We recommend you go to freeviewhelp.co.uk and see their Reducing Interference section. Next, we had a text from Ash, talking about CFAX. He says, The digital version is pathetic. Also, try watching Freeview in an area that delivers food. The motorbike scrambled the pick. I'm guessing freeviewhelp.co.uk may help you too. But now, it's time for a podline call, and a large meat feast pizza with a side order of garlic bread, please. Hi, my name's David. I'm calling from Greenwich in London, it's about Virgin Media uh, TV. I have a media center. Do I have to have a Virgin box? The point of having a media center is everything's in one box. Can I get an HD card and a TV card and somehow connect up to Virgin's network without having to have their box as well? Will they allow me to do that? And is it possible to do that? I'd love to know. Thank you very much. Bye. Hi, Dave. We did some checking for you. First off, apparently using anything other than a Virgin Media box to get your TV goes against Virgin's terms and conditions. And secondly, there doesn't actually seem to be anything legal on the market that will let you do this. If any of our Virgins out there know any better, please get in touch. Hi now to Hilary Keeble. She says, I really enjoy your double act as I listen on my iPod whilst walking my dog on the West Wales beaches. 
we go digital in August and my analog DVD recorder will no longer work. Can you suggest a digital replacement, please? Hi, Hilary. We hope the switch went well for you and everyone else in Wales. For a basic DVD recorder, we recommend one of the Panasonic DMR series. If you can, get one with an HDMI socket, which will let you upscale to give you slightly better quality. If your budget will allow, look for a DVD recorder that has a PVR, a hard disk recorder, built in, as this will certainly change the way you watch and record Freeview. Next, Joseph Douthwaite asks, when will we be bringing out our first TV and tech video podcast? Also, what LNBs do I need to get to get free-to-air TV? Video podcast? We both have the perfect faces for radio. As for the LNB for your dish, you'll be wanting a universal, but which one you pick depends on your dish type. We recommend you check out our friends at satcure.co.uk. They have a great overview of what to look for in an LMB and some good deals. Link on our show notes. And this next one is from Mark Keane, and he asks, Could you please do a review of mobile broadband options? I'm on three, and the coverage isn't great. So where were you for show 38 then, Mark? We took a look at mobile broadband in that show. For what it's worth, we get very good results with the O2 mobile broadband dongle. Now, another podline call. My name is John Bolton. Uh, I'm in uh, postcode Echo November 6. Could you tell me uh, when I'm likely to be able to receive uh, Freeview High Definition TV? Freeview HD is due to hit the Granada region in December 2009. It looks like you get your Freeview from Crystal Palace, in which case you may be getting some Freeview HD services in time for the 2010 World Cup. Oh yes, football. Very important. Uh, So... I understand we've got some feedback from our survey, haven't we? Yes, we have. At the bottom of each of the show notes for each programme, we have a Tell Us What You Think survey. And we actually hit a milestone. We actually hit 100 bits of feedback on that survey. So I thought it was a good opportunity for me to tell you who our listeners are. Okay, then. So who are our mystery listeners? Well, our average listener is in their 30s and they're male. But they're not all male, are they? No. Some of them are female dog walkers, aren't they? Yes, they are, Hillary. One of the questions we ask is how technical our listeners are. So we ask whether someone's very techie, slightly techie, not at all techie, or complete novice. 73% of you would class yourself as a techie. It also seems that iTunes is far and away the most common way that people get the shows, which is kind of what we expected, but that's good to know. Favourite parts of the show are the news section and focus, and reviews came out as third. Humour, that's always a good quite good one for us, isn't it? We always get slated for our um, our cheesiness. We don't do humour. So of the results, 79% like the funny bits, 8% don't, 13% don't know. I don't know what the funny bits are either. And at the very end of the survey, we ask for sort of free-form comments, anyone's got anything to say. Now, we get a lot of praise, but we don't want to swell our heads any more than they already are, so I'm going to read a couple of the... I don't don't get any praise. They don't like my humour. So uh, the first one is, we've been accused of dumbing down. Uh, One of the respondents uh, says, don't forget that there are now more pensioners than children out there. Old stereotypes of pensioners are increasingly outdated. Moreover, many people have retired before they're 60 and they have the time and the budgets to spend. Well, that's valuable feedback, I think. And uh, it's always good to get feedback from the mature listener. Unfortunately, you haven't left us your name or your email address. Um, It'll be valuable to us if you get in touch again because we welcome your comments and let us know what you'd like to hear in future shows. We also had this comment in. I like the light-hearted approach that you guys take on what would otherwise be a very dry subject. Keep it up. Great show. Another one here says, I know TV news was your starting point, but sometimes I think you overdo it. Diversifying into other areas of technology more could do you some favours, I think. 
He then goes on to say, the new MiFi personal wireless hotspot would be a good product to review. Yes, absolutely. He also says, another excellent product for you to review would be the iRobot Roomba vacuum cleaner. One of these robotic vacuum cleaners. Once you've owned one, you'll never look back. Fantastic. And have we got any more uh, slatiness? Because I do enjoy those. Uh, We've got some positives here. This is iTunes. Good old people that uh, send us feedback via iTunes. We like you. This one here is from Spligosh, I think that is. These guys are great. Love the light-hearted nature of it all. And the format of balancing an expert against someone that pretends not to be works very well. Pretends not to be. Well, no, you clearly aren't, are you? You're an idiot. (laughs) Thanks. There's no pretense in Pete. Sticking with feedback, at the end of the last show, we asked if anybody would be interested in us reviewing True Call. Uh, Only one person got in touch. That was Alex. He said, yes, please. Saw it on Dragon's Den and it looked good. Sadly, if only one person wants us to review that, I don't think we're going to bother for the next show. But if anyone is interested in us looking at this uh, thing that gets rid of nuisance phone calls, get in touch and we will see what we can do. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm looking for something that gets rid of nuisance podcasts. Yeah, you're not wrong. We're also currently looking for people to review the worst piece of kit they've ever bought. You know when you bought some piece of technology and it's just done everything that you don't want it to do or it doesn't work properly or something like that? What we want to know is what the product is and what was wrong with it. Now, this is really interesting. I notice we've got texts, blogs, Twitter, emails, but what I don't see... Is anyone coming in on the podline? What's that about? We do have a couple of technical questions um, get raised in the podline this time, but we don't get people getting in touch telling us what they think of the show, which is a shame. I think you all should. Of course, what people don't realise is uh, they're in for a little bit of a shock if they phone our podline, aren't they? Well, they may be, yes, because there's a rather helpful young lady that answers, isn't there? Shall we, shall we play them a clip? Hi, this is Cindy, one of your frequency cast podline girls. Want to talk to us about your fantasy home cinema setup? It'd be better if you get the whole thing, wouldn't it? So, yes, if you'd like to get in touch and leave us a voice message, the podline number is 0208 133 The other way, of course, of getting in touch with us is via Twitter, and we've got three hot tweets here. Uh, one from Michael Johnson, who asks, What happened to the digital dinosaur? It's too early for another ice age. Uh, we also had one in from Speedy Wright, who wants to remind us that the BBC iPlayer also allows streaming of live TV and radio. And Strider Paul, an intuition driver, congratulated us on our short-lived climb up the iTunes chart. Number five in the charts, only for a couple of days, so we'd like to see ourselves climb back up again, wouldn't we? Yes, I'd like to reach the summit of iTunes. It's just a small dream, but to be able to say, I can see my house from here, would be great, wouldn't it? Frequency cast. Shutdown in progress. So that's all for this show, show 43. For links and more on what we've covered today, check out our show notes. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. Our web address is www.frequencycast.co.uk. If you have a comment or question, leave us a voicemail message on 0208 133 4567. If you're on the move, text us your views on 07. 07- 882-043-521 for inclusion in the next show. You can also email us via our site, become a Facebook fan, and also follow us on Twitter. Remember, FrequencyCast is driven by feedback from you. Get in touch and tell us what you want. That's your lot, so sign up for updates via www.frequencycast.co.uk And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. Frequency Cast. Shut down.